What's up, everybody? My name is Sid, and I've teamed up with the big homie Reg to bring y'all something new. Something we like to call Beyond the Scoreboard. Y'all be sure to review, rate, and subscribe. Let's get to it. Welcome back to Beyond the Scoreboard, where every 25-point lead is safe. As always, I'm Sid. What's going on, Reg? Hey, what's up, Sid? Doing good, man. Ready for this big, heavy show we got. Finally got some uh, topics to discuss other than the Saints. Yeah, I was about to say, man, to say that we got eliminated from the playoffs, this might be the most excited I've been <laughs> to sit down and do a show in a while, man. Uh, this For is real. our first show of 2024, so Happy New Year to everybody. Um, but yeah, man, I'm excited to dig into this one. But, you know, as always, we have to start with our Saints. So uh, our season, you know, ended on Sunday. We did what we needed to do in that situation. We got a win against the Falcons, uh, 48 to 17. But Green Bay went on to win. And even if they didn't, Seattle ended up pulling out a victory as well. So uh, we're done for the year. Um, not too much to pull away from that game in particular. Uh, once again, it's, you know what there is, Kendra Miller. Kendra Miller is somebody who we, we drafted and had high hopes for. Uh, this past year, but injuries uh, was a, a a thing that that killed him for most of the season. Um, so we didn't get to see much of him, um, even early on when we went what three weeks without Kamara because of the suspension. Mm-hmm. Uh, we didn't get to see him much then, and uh, these past uh, few weeks or past, the second half of the season, it seemed like we didn't get to get to see much of him at all. But Sunday, no Kamara, he was healthy. He played and he looked good. Um, I wish it was something we were able to see more of uh, during the season. Because I remember right. even Sunday, I um, Tajay Spears ended up running in the touchdown. I was looking at the Red Zone channel. And I was like, man, it, it seemed like we should have just took Tajay Spears <laughs> instead of taking Kendra Miller, which was the debate at the time. You know, right. which running back was the better fit, which would be better in the long run. Tajay Spears had a good season, especially to say that he was back. And I mean, he was he he was a backup himself too, but he was able to produce a better season. But I mean, all of that could just be he was healthy, uh, right. and Kendra Miller wasn't. Um, but he was one person uh, from Sunday's game that I looked at. I'm like, man, I'm finally glad we got a a glimpse of what he can actually do um, for our team. So I, that that is something that got taken away from Sunday that can roll over into next season. Other than that, man, a lot of it was we should have been playing like this all season long. <laughs> or that was half of it, and then the other half was man, Desmond Ritter was so bad. So it it was a mixture. Of both of those things, but once again, both of those things we knew going into this game. Yeah, for me, it was just a good fact of ending the season on a positive note with a yeah. win. Uh, you know, more likely Jimmy Graham is going to go ahead and depart. I actually saw a little something link uh, earlier today. And if that's the case, happy we was able to pull out a W, if that is his final game in New Orleans. Yeah. And it was happy. I was happy to see Derek Carr playing well. Uh, bonding with with teammates and it yeah. was just a good atmosphere down there, uh, offensively speaking. So and even the defense, you know, uh, just seemed like the team wanted to to end the game in a a cheerful way. Yep, one hundred percent. But of course, uh, it never goes that well for New Orleans. We can't just talk about a forty-eight to seventeen victory. <laughs> we <laughs> what took over the media was uh, how we got to forty-eight, which was. Yep. 
uh, <laughs> a last second, t- literally a last second touchdown uh, that was supposed to be a knee, but ended up getting handed off to Jamal Williams uh, for his first touchdown of the year. Uh, me and you purposely avoided having this conversation <laughs> off air so we can have it right here. What are your thoughts on on how that played out? I look at it from both sides, right? Uh, from a, a stand, a fan standpoint, um, I loved it. I loved it. Yeah, this was the ultimate team building uh, type exercise we needed. To me, in my opinion, um, yeah. You could have easily nailed it, like you said, easily nailed yeah. every other quarterback in the world besides Jameis Winston. It's going to nail a ball. I think he's the yeah. only quarterback. I tell you no lie, I think he's the only quarterback in the NFL that yeah, would have done that. Yeah. Uh, but I loved it because it was a team decision, and every player came to Jameis's, you know, rescue. Yeah, yeah so I, I, I loved it. Um, if they would have ran the interception back, would we have said anything? No. If the, yeah. if the interception would have went back for a touchdown, we would have yeah, never said anything. Six, yeah. If Jamal Williams needed some sort of touchdown to insert an incentive, do we say anything? Oh. No. No. So, and then it, the icing on the cake is this Atlanta. <laughs> so, <Yeah. laughs> I'm, I'm cool with it. Like, either way it go, I'm cool with it. Was it the classy thing to do? No. Uh, however, given the cer- those three circumstances, you know, I'm cool with it. Yeah, and for me, I'm more, I'm just neutral on the situation, honestly. And it's not even about it being our team. If it was any team in this situation, I yeah. would have been like, uh, do I love it? No. Do I hate it? No. Like, it, it is yeah, what it, it is. is. what it uh, is. Right. It's definitely a situation-based thing. I feel like, well, Atlanta, you were still trying to score at the end of the game. So guess exactly. what? We get to score. Maybe exactly. it wouldn't have hurt them so bad if it was a regular play and not a quarterback uh, kneel turned into a right. handoff. You know, maybe, but whatever. But, yeah, I'm real neutral on it. Like you say, because if it was to get somebody an incentive and we went for it, I would have been all for it. Yeah, let's do it. You know, if it was um, anything like that. Once again, like them just being, oh, we still – trying to score like that to me is enough to be like yeah okay well we're gonna go score too so right i didn't have no extreme reaction to it either way uh good or bad but of course everybody has their opinion about it and and whether it was classy or not um i the first thing i tweeted uh before i saw any response to it uh the first thing i tweeted was uh don't act like you've been there before because we haven't this season. Like, we got a chance to go and run up the score or somebody. Let's do yes. it because we haven't had that opportunity. Uh, I mean, neither one, of, neither one of us were going anywhere anyway. Right. Um, Arthur Smith was getting fired anyway. Either way, like it, it, didn't, right. it didn't really yeah. change anything. So, that, yeah, there was no, there was no issue for, with it for me personally. Totally agree with that. Um, just looking at New Orleans for a little bit too, before we go into the rest of the league and, and the firing that have happened and everything. Um, started last week, going ahead and preparing for, um, our off season, which always starts in New Orleans, but we got to get, we, we got to get, uh, below the cap. We gotta, we gotta get cap space in order to do anything during the off season. Um, and we started with, um, James Winston actually uh, doing something with his contract that allows right. us to save some money. 
Um, but it also uh, Marshawn Lattimore. We ended up mm-hmm. that was a and restructuring Marshawn Lattimore's uh, contract in order to free up some money there too. Uh, what talk about the way that we restructured Lattimore's contract? Um, the one thing I like about it is it allows you know the team that would trade for him, given the event, to honor his salary. So yeah. this was a little bit more team friendly. Uh, when healthy, Lattimore is one of the best corners um, to me in the game. I yeah. just had a conversation about this maybe 30 minutes to an hour ago. When healthy, he's one of the best in the game. But yep. do you pay top dollar for half of a season? And I just think that the answer is no. Uh, now, I don't want to make it seem as if he has some sort of nagging injury that's going to cause yeah, him yeah. To, to continue to miss. But, I mean, 18 to $20 million a season and you're giving me eight to nine games a year. I mean, yeah. it's just not going to cut it. Uh, once again, I'm a huge Marshawn Lattimore fan. I I think that he would even man up and say, you know, he, he has to be more available moving forward. But, uh, yeah, if healthy, I would love to keep Lattimore around. But if they believe that this is going to be an ongoing thing, I understand the business side of it. And I was about to ask, so you, do you think that this restructure signals a parting of the ways uh, between New Orleans and Lattimore, or is it just uh, if it comes to that, we on both sides uh, secured uh, a good lane to make that happen? I think it's a little bit of both. Uh, I think it's the organization protecting themselves while freeing up money, and I also think it's Marshawn Lattimore saying, hey, if y'all don't want me here, I, I know a team that do. So I yeah. think it was kind of the best of both parties to go this way with the contract. Yeah, and I'm I'm looking at it right now because, like you said, uh, once again, the um, the bonus will be paid out a week before uh, the next season starts, um, and in the event of a trade, whatever team has him would mm-hmm. would uh, take on that. Um, it reduces salary cap hit. Um, mm-hmm. If he's traded for some reason before June first, uh, which the only benefit to us would be. Uh, uh compensatory picks that would be the mm-hmm. only thing that's what i was thinking about if, if that was the case but that would uh that would give us more than 30 million dollars in debt money so that's that's mm-hmm. a no-go um but yeah like you say it, it's definitely both it's a way to make sure marshall Lattimore still gets his money whether he's in new orleans or not but it also right. you know opens up some different avenues for us to be able to to move him uh, and it not absolutely kill us in the event that that's the route that they want to go. I personally think that he's back next year uh, unless something crazy happens between <laughs> now and and June, which it always can. But, um, yeah, I, I expect him to be back next year. Um, and, I mean, just what else with the Saints? Because there haven't been too much news coming, coming out from us besides Dennis Allen, Derek Carr is not going anywhere, which <laughs> to my fellow Saints fans, I don't know why y'all thought that either one of those people would not be in New Orleans next year. Um, there's been no um there's been no firm announcement of parting ways with anybody on the staff. Mm-hmm. Um I know they said that um Dennis Allen had his talk with with Mickey Loomis, uh, and then they're going to sit down and talk again next week and iron out things about staff movements and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. Everybody expects Pete Carmichael to be fired. If anything other than that happens, I would be, that would be the most shocking thing. Uh, that would be the most shocking thing since 
I guess Brandon Staley not getting fired last year. Um, but yeah, that was <laughs> that would be extremely shocking to me. I think we all expect at least that to happen, and then we'll see how the rest of the staff um the staff irons out. Um, and then of course the rumors of John Gruden have already already kicked up, which yeah. me and you have talked about multiple times during this season. Um, and like I said to you all fair even a couple of days ago, if we could bring I'm all for bringing John Gruden in. Like, as a mm-hmm. coach, the man knows what he's doing. Derek Carr had some of his best years with him. If we can bring him in and him not even be our offensive coordinator, that's an absolute win for us. Mm-hmm. Um, if he has to be our offensive coordinator, I'm cool with that, too. But if we're able to bring him in as some type of other assistant, that's even mm-hmm. better. Because you 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 get to double down and try to get one of these younger minds to actually orchestrate and run your offense. But then you have John Gruden, who um, who has this great relationship with the actual quarterback, and can get the best out of him as well. So just to just to clear it up, to put some clarity, you're saying there's no possibility. You see the Saints holding on to Pete Carmichael and putting him not in the not as offensive. No, not a, not as offensive coordinator. I never thought that he'd be removed from the organization. I just don't think he'll be offensive coordinator anymore. Okay. I yeah, yeah. I okay. think I think he'll still be around. I don't. I just don't think he'll be offensive coordinator. And at this point, I don't care what his title is. Um, I just don't want him calling plays. No offense. Yeah, I mean, because I, I think offense, like <laughs> offensively, I don't want you calling plays. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I, I can't remember exactly what his um, what his position was initially. But uh, before he uh, he wasn't the offensive coordinator. I don't think I think we were one of those teams that didn't have an offensive coordinator title. Maybe. Because yeah, Payton, you're right. Maybe. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. so whatever his title was prior to him actually taking over being offensive coordinator, you can give that back to him, and we could go find somebody else to to take over for next year for sure. Um, I'm making I, up titles at this at this point. <laughs> Let, let's get into coaching firings. I don't even want to call mm. it Black Monday because there were some that took place beforehand. There's yeah. been a ton <laughs> that's taken place since. Yeah. Um, me and Sean talk about this every year. We say, look, about five jobs are going to come open that's going to be expected. There's going to be one that's going to shock you. Yep. This year has been two that shocked me. Um, one more than the other, yeah. But before Bro. we even get into that, Shout out Nick Saban. Nick Saban retired right before we hopped on I, here. They announced his retirement. I saw that. I didn't expect that. Shocked me. That might be the most shocking thing that I've seen this offseason <laughs> in general. Is that Nick Saban because there was no sign of it. We never, you know, there was yeah. no sign of him being done. Uh, but yeah, salute to him. That's definitely the greatest college football coach uh, that we've seen. So uh, real that quick. was a, a real long career. I think they say he's seventy-two. Seventy-two. Yeah. Wow. So look, I want to ask you real quick. Do you think like the new rules with the transport portal or anything like that had anything to do with his retirement? You feel no, like I think, like I a, think he's just, just take his time. Yeah, okay. I think he's just done because at this point, at this point, and it's probably been like this for a decade now. How much recruiting and stuff does Nick Saban actually have to do? Nick Saban just tell a kid he's coming and it's oh okay, well, I'm going to Alabama. <laughs> Basically, pack it up. You know, yeah. And he was, and even when it came to oh these kids getting NIL deals and stuff like that, he's the first one coming out. Hey, I got a kid making a million dollars at quarterback right. on my team. So yeah. the NIL money good over here too. I just think he he's tired. 
<laughs> he just got to the point that he was like, uh, do I really want to do this again next year? Nah, I'm good. I got you. I got you. All right, so we started off with Carolina. Carolina was the first team to fire their coach. They fired Frank Wright early right. on in the mm-hmm. season. Then we had Las Vegas. Las Vegas fired mm-hmm. um, Frank. Uh, I was about to say Frank Wright again. Um, <laughs> Josh McDaniels. They fired Josh McDaniels, mm-hmm. opening up that job. Antonio Pierce took over as interim head coach and did a solid job going down the stretch. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you had the Chargers firing Brandon Staley a year too late. So we had three Man jobs. Too late. <laughs> so we had three jobs already open uh, right. going into Black Friday. First person that got fired on Black Friday was Arthur Smith. We all saw yep. that coming. We knew Arthur Smith yep. was going to get fired. Um, then the commanders fired Ryan Rivera, mm-hmm. which wasn't shocking. Uh, and you know, I thought that it could have gone either way, but it, it definitely wasn't shocking. Yeah, that was um, well And then Tennessee fired Mike Vrabel. Shocking. Mike Vrabel shocked me. Um, yeah. not, not crazily. I wasn't crazily shocked oh, by it, but it definitely did shock me. See, the day before, I had already seen rumbles that they were saying, watch, watch out for Mike Vrabel resigning from that position if the Patriots head coach position comes open. That was mm. already being put out there. Okay. Um, so I was like, okay, so Mike Vrabel leaving Tennessee isn't, you know, that wouldn't shock me at this point. Him getting fired without that being the case, without the Patriots job being open, then I'm like, dang, that's crazy. Like they just didn't, yeah. they just didn't want to, you know, put, invest more time into him actually turning it around. And I think that he's, I think that he's a good coach. I think he's gotten better. I think he's gotten the most out of every roster he's had since he's been in Tennessee, and none of them have been great. Um, yeah. But yeah, so Mike Graber got fired, and then today. Pete Carmichael, uh, I don't want to mm-hmm. say he got fired. Pete Carmichael got moved into the front office. Wow. Um, that was one hundred percent shocking to me. Yeah. Um, Pete Carroll, for the past, what uh, man, he's been the coach of the Seahawks for what we in 2020, 2023 mm-hmm. season. He left USC in like oh nine, oh eight, I Something think. Like so yeah. yeah, so he's been their head coach for 14, 15 years. Mm-hmm. And once again, turned out another good year, man. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, that one, that one completely shocked me. So we sit here right mm-hmm. now with seven head coaching openings. Uh, every last one of them, say minus Seattle and Tennessee. I think all the rest of them, the GMs also got fired. Oh no, Atlanta, Atlanta GM didn't get fired either. Um, okay. I, I don't think. But yeah, so now we're looking at seven head coaching uh, vacancies. Um, man, this is there's a lot of this is one of the best coaching candidate cycles that I've seen in a while. Last year, yeah. uh, the jobs weren't great, but also there weren't that many candidates that you were jumping over yourself to try to get to. Right. Um, this year, between the Ben Johnsons and um. Hell, Aaron Glenn's name is is circulating again out yeah. there. Um, even older coordinators, man, Dan Quinn, uh, his name was back oh, yeah. out there. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, yeah. I feel like well Steve Magnolia's name should be out there. You it got the offensive be, coordinator for Houston, his name's out there. Uh, and then on top of that, you have guys like Mike Brable. I think Mike Brable 
can easily step into another job oh, yeah. from here. Ron Definitely. Rivera probably, if he actually wants to, at this point, I don't know if he actually wants to continue coaching or not, especially with the cancer and stuff that he dealt with last year. Mm-hmm. Um, but you you got names like Mike Vrabel, you got Jim Harbaugh, who uh, mm-hmm. has hired an agent and looks like he's headed to the NFL. Um, yeah. This is just a great class of candidates um, for this coaching cycle. So my first question to you about this is, which is the best job? Me and you talked about it uh, before these job openings, and we were just trying to predict what jobs would come open. Um, but now that we have seven of them in front of us, which which is the best job? To be honest with you, none ever, neither one of them really jump off as like the best job to me is just different situations. And I think mm-hmm. they all unique in their own way, because if you, you could say Seattle has the better roster, they're more ready to win and things of that nature. But I'm also tell you, you got the Rams and San Francisco in that division. Um, and then you can say Carolina probably seems to be the worst, but I'm going to say, well, the winner of that division only won nine games or so. So that division is technically kind of wide open. Um, so they all are unique. I would probably go Seattle, to be honest with you, simply because they're a little bit more uh, built to win right now. Um, they got three receivers, maybe only two return, but you have your quarterback put in place. You have your running back. Um, the D-line has kind of turned things around the last four weeks of football. Um, and I just think with a, with a couple more weapons, I think Seattle could definitely be the, the rock-solid number two team in that division. So I'd probably go Seattle. This, that, that's crazy because I, I wouldn't have guessed that that would have been, that would have been your take on that one. Um, so I disagree with you. Like two... Three of these jobs are better than the rest of me. Uh, Carolina mm-hmm. is the worst. Um, and why do you say they're the, the worst, though? Simply because of talent? No, not, not even. Talent is, isn't even top of the list. Top of the list is their owner. The owner is meddlesome, and he's, he's become – he's interfering in a way that you don't see – because um, even when people look at Jerry Jones and be like, man, Jerry Jones is the mouthpiece. He's always out there mm-hmm. talking and stuff like that. Cool. The owner of Carolina's out here firing people weeks in. Like, this is the second time he's came in and been like, yeah, I'm going to fire a coach right away. Uh, he's <laughs> impatient in that way. I was, just, to be, I was just about to say that. <laughs> yeah, he, he's impatient. And once again, when it comes to these guys, most of these guys don't really know football. So he got his hand in he has his hand in the everyday transactions of this of a sport that he doesn't really know anything about. For a head coach coming in, you're like, what am I supposed to do with that? Uh you don't get <laughs> to choose your own quarterback. Your quarterback is there. Mm-hmm. Because your quarterback is there, you don't have a first round pick this year. So mm-hmm. like those are those those things right there alone are like, yeah, that, that job is at the bottom of the list. But they have you, a you, whole lot of Brian Burns is a free agent. You got to get money. him back in the house. Brian Burns ain't coming money. back just for money. He, he, well, he, at that point, he made that clear. He's not coming well, back I, just for money. I mean, so hey, you in a that's the point. You, you're in a full rebuild, and the rebuild mm-hmm. can't technically start this year because you don't even have a first round pick. First round pick. So mm-hmm. yeah, so I think that the Carolina job is one of those jobs that goes to a coordinator two, three years earlier than what that coordinator thought he was going to get offered a job. So a mm. guy that, that we're not even thinking about, or hell, maybe even Aaron Glenn, who's been getting calls and stuff, but hasn't really, you know, stepped into a role. 
uh, as yeah. a head coach yet. Maybe this is his opportunity saying, man, I've interviewed this many times and has no, nobody's actually offered me a job. This right. might be my opportunity to actually go out there and show what I can do. That would make sense, yeah. So I think uh, just like Houston did with um, the guy, uh, the guy from Baltimore that they, they hired yeah, as their head coach mm-hmm. uh, a couple mm-hmm. years ago. Um, and they had him in there for a year, and then, you know, he, he couldn't turn water into wine. So they were yeah. like, okay, next guy. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so I think it's going to take a coach like that in order to take over that passing job. That's why I feel like it's the worst. Okay. The best job to me is the Chargers um, mm-hmm. by default because they have the best quarterback. Um, like, that's by default. They have the best quarterback of the available jobs. They have a franchise guy. They have a top five to seven quarterback, wherever you want to put them. Um, they have a lot of money already tied up into their roster, which makes them a little more, you like, and, you know, um, especially because it's tied up in older players, Joey Bosa, uh, Khalil Mack, Keenan Allen, um, Mike Williams. You got to figure out what to do with Austin Eckler. Um, but there's also a lot of good talent already on their roster too. Darren James and Sante Samuel. Um, mm-hmm. So this goes you know, on and on. yeah, exactly. So I feel like that's the best job, but it's it's mainly because they have the best court. They have the thing that matters the most already in position. Um, yeah. And huh. then to me, it would be Atlanta because I feel like Atlanta is literally a quarterback away. I feel like their roster from top to bottom that is a good roster, and they gonna have money to add more to it. They didn't overspend on anything last year, so mm-hmm. with a new head coach. Um, and the ability to go get your own quarterback because their head coach is going to have that ability. Um, I feel like they're literally a quarterback away from – if they had a competent quarterback, they would have won our division easily this year. Like, easily they would have won. They would have won our division if they would have yeah, had even the most average quarterback, you know. Yeah, so, I, agree. I feel like they're a quarterback away. So, I think that um, – there, that would be the second best job. Yeah, I could definitely see the Atlanta thing more than the Chargers thing. I really don't like the Chargers thing because of the division, the money that's tied up into players. Uh, I just feel like whenever you come into a team, you need some sort of flexibility. Sure, you got a quarterback, one of the best, brightest quarterbacks uh, in the lead. But like I said, I just think the the money situation is what scares me about the, the Chargers thing. If you get one of these young OC, like if Ben Johnson goes to the Chargers, oh, yeah, it's over. I love it. But unless they get someone of that sort, to me, it can go either way. If they hire the oh, wrong but coach, it wouldn't surprise me if they right back in the position they were in this year. Yeah, but once again, it de- it depends on how you look at the job. Because with me, I look at it and I say, yeah, they got money tied up in a lot of older players, but those older players are still balling right now. So say mm-hmm. Keenan Allen has, uh, yeah, I think he has like another year or two under his contract. Mm-hmm. You might want him to restructure or kick some money down the line with him, but if you have him back next year what you're paying him, you're fine because he's still producing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if Joey Bosa comes back at the price that you're paying him, you're fine with that because when he out there, he's still producing. Um, so if the only thing that you're having or you feel like you have to bring to the Chargers is scheme, you know, whether I'm um, defense and offense at this point, you mm-hmm. can bring scheme to the team. Uh, I feel like a Jim Harbaugh look at that and say, that's me. I got it. Don't worry about it. Yep. Like the players are there. I can go. I can go take. They need that. Kind, they definitely um, need that kind of coach in my opinion. Yeah. And I feel like I feel like that's 
I'll just go ahead and say I feel like that's a perfect landing spot for him. I hope that's where he ends up. Um, with a with a younger coach like Ben Johnson, um, I actually would prefer Ben Johnson to be able to choose his quarterback. So if you mm-hmm. told me Ben Johnson ended up in Atlanta and he was able to get his own quarterback, whether it's via trade, maybe he wants Justin Fields, or maybe you know they move up in the draft in order for him to you know draft whoever it is that he wants. Uh, I feel like it's better for him to go to basically have a young quarterback that he's starting off with rather mm-hmm. than having somebody who you can already consider a veteran. And it's basically stuck in their ways at this point. Like a Justin Herbert, I'm quite sure he is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, man, and then you have the jobs we haven't talked about. You still got Vegas. I think Vegas is a team um, who sticks on Antonio Pierce. Um, for all the right reasons. Yeah, once again, like, I don't – it's not that I look at Antonio Pierce and say, hey, this is a brilliant, you know, coach of mine or anything like that. Like, the dude's good from what we've seen of him so far. But more importantly, mm-hmm. he's a leader of men. I, I think of him like uh, Dan Campbell. Like, Dan Campbell, yes, he's yeah. a good coach. I'm quite sure he has the knowledge of, you know, mm-hmm. some scheming and stuff like that. But the best thing that Dan Campbell did was – put Ben Johnson, you know, in charge of his offense and go get an Aaron Glenn to run his defense. Um, and then he can lead and have the scheme be taken care of by somebody who's good at what they do. Right. Um, plus, Nina Collins brought this up the other day, and I hadn't even thought about it, bruh. But once again, these head coaches make money too, and they still owe a ton of money to John Gruden. They still owe a ton of money to now Josh McDaniels. Mm-hmm. Um, where are they going to get, you know, where are they going to get more money in order to pay another coach a ridiculous amount, whether it's a Ben Johnson or a Harbaugh or one of these other guys who are already, um, who are already on everybody's list. So yep. I think if you're, I think if you're Vegas, you stick with what you got, because once again, he had a good stretch uh, uh-huh. in the season. I don't find it um, crazy to invest Four, three, four years in him and see what he can do as your head coach. Yep. I agree. Do you see any uh quarterback change with the Raiders? If 100 percent they, they're not okay. They're not rolling with Aiden, uh Aiden O'Connell. I don't, I don't okay. think that's gonna happen. And the Jimmy Graham thing that was already written on the wall when they benched him early in the season. Yeah. yeah. So it's definitely gonna be quarterback change. Uh there's gonna be quarterback change in all of these jobs except for the Chargers, I think. I think even the Seattle job might come with with uh, quarterback change. If I'm being completely honest, um, they didn't necessarily break the bank with Geno Smith. It was a it was mm-hmm. a shorter deal. I think it was three years. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it definitely wouldn't shock me if they even entertained the fact of bringing in uh, another quarterback um, to suit whoever the coach may be. Um, but yeah, so we got seven vacancies. We got. Some some good names out there, but uh, for us as Saints fans, we I, I know me personally, I'm waiting for the smoke to clear so we can see who it is we can steal <clears throat> to come be our offensive coordinator. Sean asked me yesterday when we were on the phone, he said, uh, what do you think of uh, the Washington situation because of Eric Bieniemy? He said, right. do you think whoever takes over that job, they end up, you know, letting go of Eric Bieniemy? Uh, along with the rest of the staff. And I said, well, it depends on who gets the job. If it's a guy like Ben Johnson, then what do I need uh, Eric B. in for? I'm going to run the offense. I'll let him go. 
Um, but if it's a guy like if it's another defensive guy like Mike Brayball or somebody else who's known for defense, they'll be smart to keep being me around as their offensive right. coordinator. So I was like, I'm definitely hoping the offensive mind lands over there so we can get another shot of Eric being to me. Are there anything out there that's saying that he will be uh, included in the candidates for the Washington's job? I have I haven't seen I haven't seen him request or say that they were interviewing anybody yet. Okay. Um, I, I've I seen a lot for other jobs. Consideration. Yeah, it should, and it should. Like I would once again the Rooney rule. Even if it's just to justify the Rooney rule, he would. Yeah. I'm sure he'll get an interview there. Um, but once again, you know, the Commanders are another team who have a lot of cap room. Uh, they under new ownership. There's no more Dan mm-hmm. Snyder, so that's not something that's running head coaches off. Uh, and there's a ton of talent already on their team. Uh, so they're they're definitely going to have their choice as well. Um, before we move on to the playoffs for this weekend, I did want to throw out the Justin Fields situation because now we we know for sure they're picking number one in the draft. Uh, you have Justin Fields, you have the number one pick. You kept your head coach in, in place, uh, which I mm-hmm. expected them to do, but he's gotten rid of most of his staff, so there'll be a new offensive coordinator and things like that going into next year. If you are the Chicago Bears, what do you do? Do you trade Justin Fields or do you trade the number one pick? No more an overall pick. Justin Fields, because it's the safer move and you're going to have teams that will require his uh, services now. Atlanta is the first team that come to mind. Um, <clears throat> you're going to have teams, of course, that feel like they need quarterbacks and they won't have their choice by the time it's their pick. You spoke about the Seattle Seahawks. That, that can be a possibility. So Mm -hmm. this gives teams that opportunity to say, hey, we're prepared because you're going to have to pay Justin Fields, anybody that get him. So that gives teams a chance to handle all all this in the offseason before the draft the way that, you know, they prefer to do it. So if you do have a team, we saw Lamar Jackson not comparing the two, but I'm just saying you saw the teams that, you know, jumped up and was ready to to move mountains to take him on. Um, I can kind of see the same situation with Justin Fields. And on the flip side, they should receive a comparable uh, draft pick form. So uh, I would definitely trade them and take my selection at quarterback. Yeah. Once again, it, it's all going to come down to who the head coach ends up being. Me personally, um, once again, no matter which one you trade, you should get a haul for him. Justin Fields, maybe not a haul, but you should at least be looking at an early second. Uh, Absolutely. An early second, late first round pick for Justin Fields. Um, especially at, off of the, the two seasons that he's had um, as of late. And he still comes with a fifth-year option for a team to pick up to where if they didn't want to pay him this offseason, they can wait another year uh, and figure it out then. Um, yeah, for me, man, I just think, and it may be my, my USC bias, I think Caleb Williams will be a better quarterback than Justin Fields. Um and even more so than that, if you're Chicago, you know exactly what Justin Fields is at this point. Uh, mm-hmm. You know you know what he is as a quarterback. Do you think that a third offensive coordinator is going to be the one to get more out of him? Or do you feel like even more is not going to you know, be that much different than what we have now? Let's go ahead and restart the clock on a rookie contract, draft Caleb Williams, see what we can get out of him. Um but, yeah, I'm with you. I would definitely trade Justin Fields. There are going to be plenty of students out there. Uh, mm-hmm. Like you said, Seattle, Tennessee, Atlanta. 
Um, even Atlanta even, makes all the sense in the world. Even teams that aren't necessarily looking for a starting quarterback, but just want a competition or just want him back there just in case, because once again, he's still on a rookie contract. Um, yeah. So there'll definitely be teams who are who are looking up the commanders. We you know uh, like they're they're definitely going to be teams who uh who are going to want his services and like you said they're going to be out of the reach of a Caleb Williams or a Drake mm-hmm. May and then it comes down to well what's their grades on a Bo Nix or Jaden Daniels or mm-hmm. um Shador Sanders guys like that um but yeah I definitely think that they'll have a lot of suitors and they'll be able to get a second a second round pick at least I think they could probably get a first round pick for, for Jeff yeah, Fields going into this draft. Um, all right, man, we 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 done finished our regular season and now we're moving to the playoffs. We got the first we got wild card weekend uh coming up this weekend. The 49ers and the Ravens have both clinched their buys mm-hmm. um before week eighteen. Um so neither one of them played anybody, had no reason to play anybody. Um even though uh Sam Donald was out there looking real uh Brock Purdy ish. Uh, on Sunday. <laughs> um, so the wild cards for each uh, conference lined up like this. In the NFC, we got the Packers taking on the Cowboys. Uh, the Cowboys are seven and a half point favorites. We got Seven's? the Rams seven and a half. We got the Rams taking on the Lions. The Lions are three point favorites. We got the mm-hmm. uh, Eagles traveling to Tampa Bay. The Eagles are three point favorites. Um, we got the Browns taking on the Texans. The Browns are favored by two and a half. Uh, Dolphins going going to Kansas City. Kansas City is favored by four and a half. And the Steelers taking on the Bills. The Bills are favored by ten. Seven. <laughs> Probably because they're hot right now. They're on that little run. Man, that's some big, some big numbers to say it's the playoffs. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like that's yep. that's pretty big. Yeah. So uh, let's start. Let's start right there in the NFC. Let's start with the Packers and the Cowboys. The Packers. I hate to say it, the Packers hit that quarterback again, man. We we had all these doubts yeah. about Jordan Love going into this season for real. Um, and we were saying, man, you sit behind Aaron Rodgers this long, you had to have learned something. Hmm. And yeah, he picked he picked up a few things. I think uh, Start, he started slow, but yeah, yeah, he yeah, shaped and, up. And both him and the franchise were okay with betting on themselves going into the season, saying, Let, let's restructure this deal, make it to where you're going to make the same amount of money, if not more. I think he ended up making more than he would have if he just played out the regular deal that he had. And let's see how you're doing. We'll give you a chance mm-hmm. to be a free agent next year. Um, I think it's clear that he's going to be back in Green Bay on a, on a, Absolutely. a five, four or five year deal uh, <laughs> going into next season, but they traveled to Dallas. Dallas finished this season on fire. Um, besides the the slip up, well not the slip up, but uh, besides the beat down that they got uh, from San Francisco, yeah, they, they were able to, they went and won a tough game in Miami. Um, and then even Sunday when I felt like they had no reason to really be starting their starters, they ended up uh, obliterating. Who did they play? Washington? Was it Washington? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was mm-hmm. Washington. From yeah. start to finish. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, how, I mean, once again, seven and a half is a lot. Um, mm-hmm. But w- 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 uh, how do you see this one playing out? 
Man, so first of all, shout out to John Love, bro, because like you said, it started real bad. I mean, I was one of his biggest doubters, and he kind of flipped the script. And I mean, this boy sharp. I've watched in the last several weeks. Once he started tur not turning the ball over, it was all you know fine and dandy from there. Um, man, that's that's just a tough one. Uh, I definitely don't think the Cowboys beat them by seven. Uh, I'll start there. Um, yeah. The only thing I the only thing I don't like about the Cowboys is their struggles continues with their run game. They had fa uh, fair matchups, but I thought they would be able to capitalize and run the football, and they wasn't. It was as if they were still playing one of the better run stopping teams in the NFL. Aaron yeah. Jones is crazy healthy right now. Like he's yep. been nursing, uh, you know, a few injuries. They set him out. And he's ready to go. He's running like a madman. And I think that's going to continue to happen this weekend. This game is really going to be close. I think it comes down to maybe what team punches it in the most in the red zone, who managed to force turnovers, things of that nature. I do trust both defenses in this game. I think um, everything is short and sweet for the Green Bay Packers. And I think the Cowboys are a little bit more risky. Gonna be tough, man. Uh, I would probably have to ride with the Cowboys. I would probably go. I would probably go twenty-one, twenty-four, Dallas. Okay. Um. Man, I really, I really like this Green Bay team, and I like what they were able to do towards the mm -hmm. end of the season. Um, the thing, it, bro, that's such a young team too, and that young talent mm -hmm. is is what's really. Uh, been hot these past few weeks between yep. these receivers and tight end. Um, Jordan Love at quarterback, like you say, Aaron Jones uh, has gotten healthy and he's running like a madman as mm -hmm. well. But um, I think the youth of that team is actually what kills them uh, when they you come so? to play a team like the Cowboys. Um, Dan Quinn is going to make it as hard as it can be for a quarterback <laughs> like Jordan Love. Um, he's <laughs> He's definitely going to make it tough on him. Um, like you say, the run thing is definitely a concern. Green Bay is not a team that's going to let them run it down their throats. Um, mm -hmm. And even if they were a team like that, Dallas probably just wouldn't be able to run it down their throats. Um, but when it comes to passing the football, every week uh, this this team this team finds a way, whether it's CeeDee Lamb, uh, just killing our position, which has been since about week four, every week, week in and week out, he's been doing whatever he wants to out there. Um, or if it's Brandon Cooks coming to life and giving and, and giving Dak Prescott three, four catches for 60, 60 70 yards uh, mixed in with some Jake Ferguson for another four catches for 60 yards and a touchdown. Yeah. And then what Pollard can give you other receiving back. Um I think the worst thing that can happen here is it become a shootout. I don't think that Green Bay can win a shootout. Uh, Green Bay would have to get to Dak early and often. Uh, the one thing that I can say to give high praise to Dak this year is there hasn't been there hasn't been any games where I looked at it and it'd be like, yep, Dak lost all that one. And, that, and that's mm -hmm. been the case the past couple of seasons. We look at games and say, Dak, you didn't show up. Dak, you you turn the ball over in ridiculous situations, you lost that game. And we yeah. haven't been able to say that about him this year. I think they continue to ride that momentum into the playoffs and at least get out the wild card in this one. Um, seven and a half is still too much. Um, I think I would go... Um, 
I say Dallas 21-24. Yeah, I think Dallas wins. I say 27-21. to 27-21? 27-21. Um, so the next one we'll look at, we'll go, we'll go, uh, we'll alternate. So let's go Browns, Browns, Texans. There's only two. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's only two away teams that's favored this weekend, and the Browns are one of them. The Browns are favored by two and a half, coming mm-hmm. down to Houston. Um, the Browns have a head coach that should be nominated for Coach of the Year. Um, Joe Flacco should be nominated for Comeback Player of the Year, regardless Definitely. he came back from the dead, from, as Definitely. far as I'm concerned. Um, yep. And he's had this team playing lights out better than what they were playing with Deshaun Watson. Shockingly better than what they were playing with when they even had Nick Chubb at the beginning of this season. Mm-hmm. Uh, this team has overcome some major injuries to find themselves in the playoffs. And Houston is uh, a team that I look look at that's a lot like Green Bay. Um, the expectations weren't extremely mm-hmm. high for them this season. They got a young quarterback. They got a lot of young talent. They got to figure it out. They figured it out. CJ yep. Stroud looks like he. There's no question about what he Amazing. is at this point. Um, uh, the young talent has stepped up tremendously across the roster, offense and defense. Uh, D'Amico Ryan, another Coach of the Year candidate. So, um, Houston, of course, has more injury or well, not more injuries, but they've had the more recent big time injuries than what Cleveland mm-hmm. has. You know, losing Tank Dale. Um, yep. for the That's season. Yeah, for sure. Uh, CJ Stroud missed those couple of weeks with a concussion, but he seems like he's back to, to being at full health and being a baller. Um, what do you, what do you have for this one? Do you agree with the, with the, you agree with the, the line of two and a half to be in Cleveland's favor, being that they're going on the road? Yeah, I, I honestly do. I actually was going to take Cleveland uh, thinking that it was, they were going to be the underdogs until I yeah. kind of looked at it earlier today. Uh, but, yeah, we know what that defense is about. Cleveland yeah. always be on the line flirting with having one of the best defenses in the NFL. And this yep. shit, that, that like, just, you know, they cut the switch on. So, uh, their defense has taken off. It doesn't help that the Texans struggle running the ball. And I'm going to just be completely honest with you. C.J. Stroud has been the best rookie quarterback I have seen in a very, very, very long time. Uh, this dude is super special to me. When he throw the football, it reminds me of, like, Peyton Manning. Uh, he made about five throws last week against the Colts that I'm like, ain't no way. Like, it ain't no way. Whether yeah. he's moving, if he's sitting there taking the, uh, taking the lick, licking, looking the safety off and then firing the ball before uh, getting hit from blindside. I mean, his follow-through is amazing, and he's not playing with top-notch talent. You just spoke about Tank Dale yeah. being out. And I know I do believe in those other receivers more than you. So to me, it just makes it that much more special for yeah. you know, with him being a rookie to accomplish what they what a rookie head coach to accomplish what yeah. they have this this season. But I think to put the weight of the Cleveland Browns defense uh, on him, a veteran quarterback, um, Cleveland run game is not what it's normally been these last couple couple years, but they still find ways to produce uh, positive yards. Yeah, uh, Amari Cooper has come back to life. They finally found the way to use their tight end. Um, it's just hard to see me hard for me to see Cleveland losing this game. So I am going to go with Cleveland and I think they cover by more than two. I would probably say Cleveland wins this game probably 27-17 or something. 
I would go 2717. Yeah, yeah, bro, that Cleveland defense is, is something serious. And to me, that that's the start and the finish of this whole conversation for me. It's just that defense is not going to lose this game against yeah. Houston. Um, it, I mean, shit, once again, a lot about uh, – a lot like we just talked about with uh, the Packers and the Cowboys, once again, um, Cleveland being a more veteran team, Cleveland having uh, – I can't even think of their defensive coordinator, but they got one of those old-school guys over there too. Um, the old head coach of Detroit, um, the white guy before um, Patricia. And I got, um, I got his face in my, in my head. Yeah, I, I can I see his face clearly yeah. too. Yeah, he, he's it's running no that defense, and he's somebody else who's probably going to get head coach calls this, this offseason too, the way that that defense really is played. <laughs> Yeah, uh, it's gonna come to me eventually, but yeah. Um, and once again, man, it, once again, you're scheming up for a young guy, regardless of how good he's looked. Um, he, he's a rookie quarterback, he, he's prone to make some mistakes. Uh, and, and same thing with receivers, you know, those are young guys. Mm-hmm. Um, their run game started coming on toward the end of the season with Devin Singletary, opposed to Damian Pierce. Uh, they had to, you know, move him. Uh, <laughs> into a, a, a smaller role. But yeah, but it's Cleveland's defense. Like I don't even I don't even feel like I have to get to the Joe Flacco uh and how the offense has looked since he's yep. been there. It's just that defense is is not going to give up much. And mm-hmm. Joe Flacco's gonna go down there. He he hasn't turned the ball over much uh since he's been uh with Cleveland. He's thrown for three hundred yards I think every game that he's been in Cleveland. Um and Joku He's breathed, he's breathed life into Njoku. Um, yep. You know, Deshaun totally Watson couldn't get much out. Yeah, Deshaun Watson couldn't get much out of him or any other quarterback that they've had. But with uh, Joe Flacco, he's looked like the top five tight end that most people thought that real. he was and that he should be. Um, so, yeah, I'm with you. I got Cleveland in this one. Uh, I like that score, 227-17. Uh, I'll definitely ride with that on that one. Do you think um, CJ Scride is under or over 42 attempts this week? <laughs> 42. 42 is up there. Um, over. I think so too. <laughs> They're not going to be able to run the football. And Houston is one of those teams that's going to keep running it just to, you know, look, we got to keep running the football just to put it up. No. They gonna they gonna drop yeah. him back and they gonna let him yep. yeah they gonna yeah, let him go on for the work yeah I think that's how it goes. Um, next let's go Rams Lions. The Lions are favored mm. by three at home. Uh, we got all kind of revenge games right here. We got Matthew Stafford coming back to Detroit for the first time. Uh, you got Jared Goff uh facing the Rams. Uh, who else we got? We got uh, dang, there's somebody else. I think it's a coach. Just, I can't remember who it returning. is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I can't. I can't remember who it is right now, though. But uh, the Rams, once again, a team that the expectations going into the season were high. We sat mm-hmm. down here at the beginning of the season, and we were talking about the Rams probably picking in the top five. Uh, mm-hmm. and we were saying, "Look," because I remember. I remember for sure. I said uh, they finally got draft picks. And this is a good year to be bad because they're definitely going to be so. Um, and they proved us wrong, man. Cooper Cup is still Cooper Cup when he's out there on the field. 
and Puka Nakua has come on as somebody we had never even heard of before week one of this season. <laughs> <laughs> had a crazy week one and never, never took his foot off the gas. Um, and Matthew Stafford is playing at a level. He's playing at his normal level. Like he, yeah. this is the level that this man has played at his whole, his yeah, whole career. Is, yep. I just didn't expect him to be able to be able to pull that off again this year. Um, Tyron Williams at running back. They they finally oh. have they finally have found a running back. They finally Boy, been like, oh. yeah, this is the guy we've been looking for. Um, a monster man. Um, and then of course you still got Aaron Donald on the other side of that on the other side of the ball. And that defense has been playing very well as well. Um, the Lions, we we know what they are. That's an offensive line that's the best in the league. If not, I mean, if not the best, their second best. Mm-hmm. Um, Jared Goff is um, doing what he's done ever since he's been to Detroit, too, which is excelling at what he's been asked to do, mm-hmm. um, ba- which is basically don't make any stupid passes. Um, and he's he's basically mastered that. Um, and it's easy to do when you have a guy like Amara St. Brown as your number one receiver and Sam LaPorta as your tight end of rookie breakout uh, year for him. And then you he's got Jameer there, right? Gibbs. Yeah, he's not going to play. He's okay. not going to play. Right. Um, and then Jameer Gibbs and David Montgomery. David Montgomery looks like a completely different running back to what he was in Chicago. And so, Jameer Gibbs has proved them right on taking – uh, on taking them where they took him in this draft. Um, my worries about Detroit are defense. Um, they got CJ Garner Johnson back last week, which was perfect timing for them. Mm-hmm. And they also got uh, one of their good defensive tackles back last week as well. Um, that's the matchup for me. The Rams wide receivers against Detroit secondary. Um, last week, they let Justin Jefferson eat them alive after – the week before, letting C.D. Lamb eat them Let's alive. Yeah. Um, so now you got two guys who, I mean, won't take the top off the defense. They don't have that in their arsenal between the cool and Cooper Cup. But Cooper Cup is one of the best route runners in the league. He's going to get open. Um, and Puka Nakua, uh, once again, not a deep threat, but can do everything else. Mm-hmm. Um, so Absolutely. and then you have Tyler Higby. Who who is good in the middle of the field as well? Um, I don't think the Rams are going to be able to run the football successfully on Detroit, um, which is fine because I, I believe in their passing game. Um, so so it's fine. They they're going to become one dimensional, but. Um, the Rams are on a team that's going to give up on the run. They're going. They're one of those teams that's going to run the football. Whether it's working or not, we're going to get some runs in here. Eventually, one of them is going to pop. Um, or at least we're keeping them on their toes for this play action that's eventually going to work out for us. Uh, I hate Detroit losing Laporta last week, especially in a game that really didn't matter. Um who knows who's going to be playing to? I have no idea. Uh, I think they might have another rookie tight end that's going to end up playing for them, but he's not going to be Sam LaPorta. Um, and that's one thing I said to Sean going into the playoffs as well. I said the one thing y'all can't afford is injuries, especially to their offensive line. Luckily, this wasn't to their offensive line, but LaPorta has been such a big, a big part of what they're doing. 
I'm still gonna ride with the Lions. I think um <laughs> I, I think it's a shootout. I think this is gonna be a shootout, honestly. Um, and I think that the Rams not having anybody who can significantly take the top off of a, a, a of the Rams defense. I mean, of uh, Detroit's defense benefits Detroit uh, because if they had a Justin Jefferson or a CD Lamb or somebody who could get behind the defense like that, um, I think the, I would take whatever <laughs> I would take the Rams if they had a guy like that. Them having a, a Puka Nakua and an amazing route runner at Cooper Cup, I still think those guys go off. But the effect won't be the same as a Justin Jefferson or a CD Lamb going off against his Detroit secondary. Uh, I think Detroit's able to run the football well with Montgomery and Gibbs. I think Gibbs is going to give them uh, good production as a as a receiving back. And then you got Amara St. Brown, who the Rams secondary got to figure out what to do with <laughs> as well. But I, I do think this is a back and forth. I think this might be the highest scoring game out of all of them this weekend. Um, so I'm going to take. The Detroit Lions, I'll take that three. I'll do – I say they win this game. No, I'll say three. They win by three. I got them winning 31-28. Okay. Uh, we see this game going um, a lot similar. Uh, I definitely think both teams have success moving the ball. You spoke about how great Detroit Lions offensive line is. The Rams don't line yeah. ain't that bad neither. Um, yeah. But shockingly, I think the Rams find a way to get more pressure on uh, Jared Goff than what the Lions do for Matthew Stafford. I do think this is a game that Jared Goff needs. Like, if he can win this game, first playoff game in Detroit, Lord knows how long, if he can win this game, this is like moving mountains for the city. Uh, yeah. Unfortunately, he's playing against a red-hot Matthew Stafford. Uh, yeah. I do think Kalen Williams have uh, success running the football. I expect him to continue to reach his lead average, which is probably like four and a half yards per attempt. I think oh, he wow. continues to have, yeah, I think he continues to have success. I think Puka does a great job, and I think Cooper Cup comes alive as well. Um, yeah. I believe Tutu Atwell is uh, healthy, if I'm not mistaken. And if that is true, then they do have the speedster on that side of the ball, although they don't use him a lot. Um, I was going to say, yeah, even I, if they don't have Tutu Atwell, DeMarcus Robinson has stepped up well oh, in yeah, that I role, too. He's, yeah, yeah. He's, he's, he's come alive, too, yeah. Yep. But um, I, I'm actually rolling with the Rams in this one. Um, I think both teams move the ball, but a lot of times it in the field goals instead of touchdowns. Uh, I do think Aaron Donald is the will be the most uh, impactful player on the field on for the field. either team. Uh, and I think Matthew Stafford holds a little firmer than what Jerry Goff does. Um, I think Jared Goff turns the ball over a few times this weekend, and that's the difference of the game. So I'm going to take the Rams in a lower-scoring game. I'm going 23-17 here. Okay, and, yeah, I, I think that's a big difference between how we see it, too, because I, I don't actually think either quarterback turns the football over, but I think that okay. the Detroit defensive line gets to Matthew Stafford more than uh, the Rams defense gets to, gets to Goff. Um. Next game, we got Dolphins-Chiefs. Uh, Dolphins-Chiefs, Chiefs are favored four and a half in Kansas City. Um, I saw the weather for this game earlier. I think it's going to be negative. It just said, I think it's gonna be it just said, it just said nasty. That's what the weather said, nasty. <laughs> I, I definitely think it's going to be a snow game, and I want to say like the temperature is going to be like negative nine outside or something mm -hmm. like that. So. Doesn't favor Miami. This is exactly what Miami didn't want going into the playoffs. That's why they wanted to lock off, lock up that number one seed in order to have 
um, the AFC coming through Miami versus them having to go to all these cold winter states. Yeah, so Kansas City hasn't looked like the Kansas City of old. Um, this looks a lot more like we, a lot of us expected it to look, uh, not us, because I actually didn't, but a lot of people expected it to look the first year without Tyreek. Um, Travis Kelsey, you could tell that he's uh, he's slowing down a little bit. Not much, yeah. but he's slowing down a little bit. It was crazy when I looked up and saw, man, this, still got, this dude still got 93 catches and almost 1,000 yards this season, but mm-hmm. it doesn't, the, the impact hasn't been the same this year. And then you got guys like MVS and McCall Hardman and you uh, had this hard break. You had this hard break when you said this man that MVS. <laughs> that dude, man. I, I don't understand how they haven't cut him yet, but I guess <laughs> I guess they don't want to get nobody off the street. Um, you got guys like that who who just fumbled the ball. Not literally, they can't catch it too fumbling. So um, but just have had horrible seasons for them. Um, this is the first time in a long time, and I mean, probably since Andy Reid has been there, where I looked at Kansas City and said, oh, their defense is way better than their offense. Um, and Patrick Mahomes is the one that's taking a step back. We're still talking about the best quarterback of the league. So um, it's been a very interesting season for them, but still here they are hosting, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> hosting a game, yeah. wild card weekend. Um, welcoming in the Miami Dolphins, four and a half point favorites. I think. What do you think about that line for that game, four and a half? That the Chiefs are favorite by four and a half. Yeah, I think yes, four and a half right. is a little bit. I think it's just slightly high. I would see it Me more too. as two. Yeah, like two. You know, especially given the weather. And, and I, I guess I get uh, the injuries have that once again, man. Who's healthy at this time of year and? These past few weeks with Miami losing, um, Xavier Howard hasn't been out there. They lost Chubb for the year. Mm-hmm. Um, before that, they had lost Jalen Phillips. Um, so they're steadily losing guys at the worst time. Um, I still expect this game to be pretty close, man. Miami is a very good football team. Um, once again, the Chiefs have a good defense, but I think Miami, Mike McDaniels and his brilliant mind, he's going to be able to find some success and moving the football. Um, but once again, I, you can't count the Chiefs out until they're out. Um, mm-hmm. Them, This being a home game for them, this is probably the biggest home field advantage of this 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 wild card round, now that I look at it. Yep. This, this meant more to them to be able to have this game home than it did for any other team uh, mm-hmm. this weekend. And I think, it, I think it matters. I think it pays dividends. I think... Them giving Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey a week off last week, I think that matters. Um, I have the Chiefs winning this game. Uh, four and a half, that's probably too high for me. I think this can de- – I could definitely see this being a, a 27 to 24 late game field goal victory uh, in Arrowhead for the, for the Chiefs. Yeah, uh, I agree. I would probably take this game 20 to 17 – Okay. Something like that um, yeah. with the Chiefs winning. Um, you, in some ways, though, with the weather, I think it may benefit the Dolphins yeah. because of the speed that they have, especially having uh, uh, A-Train back. You got Tyreek, of course. We know who he is. Yeah. Will Waddle. Um, now, do you think Tua can put Will Waddle play? Yards? It's a question, I, too. I would, I'm going to have to look because he was out last week. Kind of indicate, right. Okay. Saying, like, it would kind of indicate that he would. Okay. Um, That's huge if he, he does. I mean, yeah, absolutely. But um, I was saying, you know, with the weather as bad as it is, well, it will be, 
do you see Tua really pushing the ball 60 yards down the field? You know, uh, he kind of struggles with that even I was about good to say weather, that. That's let, alone, yeah. let alone this. Um, realistically, how long can these tackles hold up uh, at the line of scrimmage, you know, with ice yeah. on the ground, things of that nature? So I would kind of lean more to the balanced defense, which is traditionally the Chiefs style that yeah. they play mixed with the best quarterback in football that just yeah. had a week off. Andy Reid, we know, you know, what kind of mind he has offensively. I just think all those signs definitely point to the Chiefs. I do think it's going to be close, though, but I have the Chiefs yeah. winning by three. Got you. And um, I don't know, we got two more games. So Steelers-Bills. Bills are favored by 10. This is, uh, I, I heard somebody say earlier this year, uh, earlier today, this is as close as you get to a bye week without having one. Yep, <laughs> I agree. Buffalo is on fire right now. Um, the Steelers have had uh, miraculously another playoff bound season, but that's all Mike Tomlin. Um, yep. That is 100% Mike Tomlin. I can tell by your reaction when I first brought it up at seven <laughs> point that you don't think it's gonna even be ten. They're not even gonna finish this game within 10, 14 points. Um well, what you got for this one? All right, so first of all, shout out to to Mike Tomlin, right? Because it can't be overlooked what he was able to do with, with this roster. We know that there's teams loaded with talent and somehow not only didn't make the playoffs, but probably didn't even finish with winning records. So shout out to him for doing it with uh, Mason Rudolph. Um, what, what's the the young Kenny Pickett? Um, Mitchell Trubisky suited up and started games. Um, I mean, sh- shout out to him. Uh, his Dante um, Johnson missed the majority yeah, of the season. Johnson, like, yeah. I mean, they had all kind of reasons to tuck their tails and say, hey, we'll see y'all next year. But they kept fighting and they made the playoffs. So shout out to them. Unfortunately, I don't care what team they would have played in the AFC. Uh, I probably would have reacted the same. It's not a team that I feel like Pittsburgh is safe against um, in the AFC. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to definitely go ahead and take the Bills. Um, I, I still don't think the Bills are hot. Like, it's the difference between them winning and streaking versus hot. I don't think they're hot right now. I just think they're streaking. They're heading in the right direction. They're they're coming up on the right side of the ball at the right times. Josh Allen is still not playing his best football to me, and that's kind of scary. That's a concern. Um, do I think he could turn it on against Pittsburgh? Who knows? They got a pretty straight defense, but I know if this does somehow turn into a shootout, I like the Bills. The most points I expect, the Steelers, the score is 17, you know. Yeah. So um, all the signs make me say Buffalo, and that's what I'm going to do. So I would probably go Buffalo 30, Pittsburgh 14. I think it's going to be ugly. Yeah, I was about to say a shootout would be crazy to me. Um, Josh Allen has... Like you say, he he's streaking personally. He's streaking mm-hmm. um, right now. James Cook, he's hot. They, James Cook has figured oh, yeah, out, yeah, yeah, at running back. Mm-hmm. And um, Dalton Kincaid has continued to have a great rookie season. And them getting Dawson Knox back off an of injury to to pair with him again has been huge too. Because when it comes to 
figuring out who's the second guy receiving for them is You is saw what Gabe Davis did the other day. Don't, don't nothing. Gabe Davis. He did nothing, right? Sunday? Yeah, Sunday. I don't think he did. The other game. Oh, the oh the uh, other guy. Okay, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. okay, yeah. Um <laughs> get on underdog and see Gabe Davis at two and a half receptions, and you're like, oh, that's gonna be a bad one for him. Let me take the under. Um yeah, but that, that Buffalo Bills offense has man, me and you always we always go back and forth. What do they need more? A running back or a strong second wide receiver? Um but the running back seems to have been figured out. It took longer than anybody wanted it to. <laughs> but it seems like they figured out the run game outside of Josh Allen. Um, and then when you add Josh Allen to that, uh, and you play these cold weather games, because they're playing in Buffalo in January, so it's going to be cold even if it's not snowing. Pittsburgh is used to that too, but who's going to stop hitting first? And it's not going to be Josh Allen. Josh Allen <laughs> welcomes <laughs> welcomes every hit on every play from every player. Um, and then you got Stephon Diggs against that secondary who's been shifting players around because of injuries. They got Patrick Peterson back there, safety now, trying to get comfortable. I did see uh, Casey was supposed to come back for them Okay. Um, this weekend as well. But once again, bro, we talk about the only team that I look at when I look at these wild card rounds and say they shouldn't be here. That's the mm-hmm. team that, that that should not mm-hmm. be here. And um, like you say, Buffalo's figuring it out at the right time. Um, I, I'm trying not to disrespect the Steelers too much. Um, I'm going to give them seven. I'll give them seven points. I'm just trying to figure out where I want to put Buffalo. Because I think Buffalo comes out throwing the football, moving the football down the field. And then once they get comfortable, they run the football. They they yeah. just run it out. So I can see this game being twenty. I'm gonna go twenty four seven. I'm gonna say Buffalo okay. won this game twenty four to seven. It's never close. Okay. It never feels like they're not in control. Um, yeah. But yeah, they go ahead and send Pittsburgh home. And then the last game we got this weekend is the Eagles traveling to the division winning Tampa Bay Buccaneers led by Baker Mayfield. Uh, <laughs> uh, the the Eagles are favored by three. When I first saw that this was going to be the matchup, I said, I think this is going to be the upset that I picked this week. Oh, um, And it really has nothing to do with Tampa Bay. It has everything to do with Philly. Philly, mm-hmm. for the for the past six, five, six games, maybe not that many, maybe three, four games, they've been going mm-hmm. in the wrong direction. And then you put your starters out there on Sunday, you get Jalen Hurts banged up more, you get A.J. Brown banged up more. Um when they're already not playing good. Mm-hmm. Um, I Tampa Bay, the reason I said going into the season, I said if the Saints don't win the division, it will be Tampa Bay. I think Tampa Bay finishes second. Because mm-hmm. that team that team hasn't changed much besides the quarterback. So if the quarterback can be anywhere near competent, they have a chance. This defense is not – this defense – if A.J. Brown's going to look like A.J. Brown looked at the beginning of the season, but who's like, bro, it's him and Tyreek Hill. And, like, ain't nobody, if he's going to look like that, then, yeah, Philadelphia going to run straight through this. But when it comes mm-hmm. to they're going to try to run the football with DeAndre Swift and get whatever they can out of Jalen Hurts because he's obviously been hobbled the past few weeks. He, he doesn't even really want to run the football like talking about. Buccaneers mm-hmm. are going to con- contain that. Mm-hmm. Um, so now it comes down to what are you getting out of 
AJ Brown, Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard. Which once again, all of those guys can go for 100 yards on any given Sunday. Um, mm-hmm. That offensive line we know is one of the best. They're going to hold up. But what is Jalen Hurts going to look like come Sunday? Even, like I say, he's been hobbled for weeks and now he, he messed up his finger on Sunday yep. uh, on his throwing hand. All that worries me. Um, once again, it's you don't want to limp into the playoffs. And I feel like that's what Philly did. Philly limped into the playoffs. And Tampa Bay, they're at home. They get a home game. Uh, you got somebody who has the confidence of a Baker Mayfield um, and um, a coach who's been there. Like, we, we, we're we talking about it won the Super Bowl uh, at this point. He, he's been there. He's done it. I think I think Tampa Bay shows up for this game. It's still hard, so hard for me to take them, honestly. I can see you fighting over there. It's going to be a close one. I don't go with your gut, Sid. It's going to be a close one. Um, I'm going to take Philly. I'm going to go with Philly. I can't do it. I'm going to go with Philly. <laughs> I'm not going to even set myself up for failure like that. I'm going to take Philly <laughs> in a very close game. I'm talking 17. Uh, this comes down to. Um, and really, it's just, at the end of the day, Philly still has more talent, and it's not close. <laughs> to, mm-hmm. it's, it's not close but I just don't I don't I no longer feel like in the NFC it's San Francisco Philly <clears throat> and then everybody else now it's over oh, San Francisco then it's Dallas then give me Detroit now we can talk about Philadelphia so if they lost this game I wouldn't be shocked at all I'm going to take them to still win it but it's going to be a close one it's going to be an ugly one I'm going to take them 20 to 17 I do have this game being close, just like you do. And if Philly loses, I will be shocked. Um, it's one week at a time from here. We know that both teams have talent, but Philly is clearly the, the deeper yeah, team. Yep. Um, you know, we haven't seen a front four play nowhere near as great as, as they were last year. These Maybe we don't see great. Yeah. Maybe they don't. But I tell you what, Tampa Bay offensive line just showed flaws this past Sunday. And if I'm um, the Eagles, I, I'm looking at all that. Um, at this point, it's been Mike Evans or, or nothing for the most part from the Bucs. Uh, Baker Mayfield is, is super, you know, consistent in a stretch of games like he was prior to this, to the game against um, Carolina. Against Carolina. Yeah. Uh, he was he was streaking. You know, he went, I think he was coming to tell with a 9-1 to one in the past five games touchdown the interceptions or whatnot. Yeah. Uh, and then he kind of took the back seat there. So uh I don't think that he can play good enough to compensate for how much better of a team the Eagles are to tap Bay. It's nothing personal against Baker because he's had a, a good year. Yeah. Um but unfortunately I just think the Eagles have a little bit more. Uh so I'm going to take the Eagles and I'm gonna take them twenty seven twenty. Okay. Yeah, man, like I say the Eagles defense hasn't been anything like that defense and in, in its entirety hasn't been anything close to what it was last year. Right. Um, which is, I mean, which is shocking. But, um, yeah, man, I don't I don't trust the secondary like I did last year. I don't trust mm-hmm. those linebackers or that front four. Uh, to their credit, Tampa Bay is not great at running the football, so they probably will. Uh, they have the possibility of making them um, one-dimensional. Um, they have a stretch of being deep. I think Rashad, uh, what's his name, Rashad White? He's mm-hmm. had he's put together a few games here towards the end of the season, but 
Yeah. Nothing to be fearful. Oh, no, you can no, you can definitely no. make them one dimensional. Chris Godwin has come on recently um, in this season as well, but yeah, bro, like you say, at, at the end of the day, the talent leans towards Philly, um, but they got a. It's hard for me to see them making the Super Bowl this year uh, now. Um, so whether they lose in the first round or the second round, I see it coming. And uh, crazy enough, we were talking about coaches and who have been fired. We got two coaches that's in the playoffs right now whose job seems to still be up in the air as well. So, um, And Nick Sirianni is one of them. So he, it, it, it's in his best interest to make sure he doesn't lose come, come this weekend. <clears throat> So the other one of bracket, I think we only what disagreed on one. We went opposite on one. Did we even go out? Oh yeah, you took the Rams. I took the Lions. Yeah. I think that's the only one we went opposite on. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yep. that's shocking to me because I thought it was gonna be the Tampa game. <laughs> I was close, man. I was I was real close to rolling with I Tampa. saw it. Um, real quick though, we at the end of the year. The year's over with. So mm-hmm. award winners. We got MVP, mm-hmm. offensive rookie of the year, defensive rookie of the year, offensive player of the year, defensive player of the year, uh, coach of the year. Um, all of these big awards. What, let's let's see what we disagree with on this. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be fun. <laughs> let's start with coach of the year. Who you got? Coach of the year. Not going to get it, but I'm going with the Browns coach. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go with I'm gonna go with the rookie. I'm going to go with D'Amico Ryans. I think D'Amico Ryans okay. uh, ends up uh, taking home that one. Already going opposite. All right. Uh, <laughs> what we can agree on, offensive rookie. That wasn't a big, that wasn't big opposite. The opposite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like, to me, that, he would be second. He's, he's second in line yeah. for me, the dude in Cleveland. Yeah. And I got D'Amico Ryans third. So. Okay, yeah. yeah. Um, rookie offensive rookie of the year. We should agree there. That's easy. Yes, CJ Stroud. Right. Uh, defensive rookie of the year. Do you have a vote in that one? <laughs> I can't even think of none right off top. Um, it should come down to two got players. D Tech one Philly and who yeah, I was about to say it, it's gonna come down to Jalen Carter and Will Anderson. Oh, um, yeah, Will Anderson, who, who balled out. He had a pretty good year, too. Jalen Carter ended up with, like, six sacks, two forced fumbles. I was about to say, Anderson went about Jaylen. seven sacks. I go Jalen Carter, simply because he's been a little bit more consistent. That's the only reason. Yeah. I'm going to go Will Anderson, because um, why not? I mean, I think this will probably be the first year that offensive, and rook, uh, offensive rookie and defensive rookie of the year both come from the same team since uh, yeah. Kamara and, and Lattimore did it. They rookie seasons. Um. MVP. You want to know who I wish get it or who I think gonna win it? <laughs> so uh, I'm interested in who, in who you hear wish go. You wish McCaffrey would get it? No, I wish Lamar Jackson get it. I uh, think Lamar Jackson I, wins it. I, I think he wins it. I, I think he did. I think. I think the past few weeks, I think it started with um, what it was Dallas. No, nah, I got Brock Purdy. I, I think Brock Purdy. Yeah, I, I think Baltimore. Uh, I think I think Lamar Jackson locked it up with the stretch of dismantling Dallas and then dismantling. Dismantling. Um, yeah. Who was it? That they, Miami. San Francisco. They beat Miami too, though, didn't they? 
Yeah, they just all, beat Miami too. So they beat all three of those teams in a row. Yeah, I, I think that's the yeah, stretch they for Lamar yeah. Jackson. They sure did. Yeah. Uh, and he played he, he played flawless in every last one of those games. I yeah. think that's what did it for him. Brock Purdy had one game where he looked human, which was against Baltimore. Two. And, I think it was two. Uh, Who's the other one? I forgot it was when everybody, well, not everybody, but Debo Samuels and Christian McCaffrey both was mm-hmm. out. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so I think Lamar Jackson ends up bringing home his second MVP. I hope he does. Uh, offensive rookie of the year. Puka. First name come to mind. Um, CJ Scribe. You said offensive. Oh, I, said, of I meant offensive player of the year. We did rookie of the year. Offensive we did Stroud already. Yeah, yeah offensive um, player of the year. Player. Of the year. Because uh, Tyreek Hill was on the tear. Mm-hmm. And, and of course, Christian McCaffrey's been here all year. I'm going to go Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, same. Uh, Tyreek would definitely be second for me. Um, and then defensive player of the year. Miles Garrett. Yeah, uh, we agree on that too. Now, who I wish would win it, who I think is not getting enough attention, is Deron okay. Bland. I think Deron Bland. Really? Uh, yeah, like that. What he got? He ended up with eight or nine interceptions on the year mm-hmm. and six pick sixes. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that's. I think that should be good enough to win to a defensive player of the year. <laughs> but uh, once again, I, I also understand the monster that Miles Garrett is year in year yeah. out, and it wasn't no different this year. Yeah, I think T.J. Watt would be my second choice. What he was able... He was definitely up there, yeah. He's definitely up yeah. there, too. Yeah. And Max Crosby, like that. Yeah, Max Crosby. Yeah, Max Crosby had a year as well, yep. Um, yeah, but to me, Miles Garrett and, once again, the dude playing who's not going to get no credit at all. Those are the two that, that they separated themselves from everybody else, for sure. Um, yeah, man, we, we put together a long one this week. This week. Uh, I knew going into it that this was, this was going to be a, a long one, but hopefully yeah. it was a good one as well. Yeah. Um, and we just getting started with the offseason. We just getting started with uh, the playoffs. Uh, so there's going to be a lot to, to unfold and look forward to over the next few weeks. And then, I mean, as Saints fans, we're pretty much jumping straight into the offseason. So there's going to be a lot of things to to pinpoint within that too, but man, football isn't over. Uh, it's not over. It's honestly, this is the real season. It's what we really play for. So it just gets started. Um, Absolutely, yeah, yeah. I predict next ep- next episode to be even uh, be right here in the thick of it again, man. With a uh, playoff football beginning, uh, everybody gonna drop those uh, Super Bowl predictions. And this I was just gonna say, we need to we need to give ours right here before any playoff games are, are played. Yeah, what you got. So I'm gonna stick with mine. Uh, I had the Ravens and no, no, I'm lying. I had Kansas City and the 49ers. So I'm gonna stick with Kansas that. Mm-hmm. I'm going to. Damn, bro. Oh, <laughs> I'm going 49ers. Like that's the easy one for me. I think once again, I think the 49ers are the best team in football. Um, and I and like I told you weeks ago, I think the Ravens are the second best, most complete team in football. 
But every year, there's something about Buffalo that gets me that I'm like, this is the year for Buffalo. <laughs> those, those Gabe Davis highlights start popping in your head. <laughs> this is the year for Buffalo. Um, I'm going to go back to 149ers. Uh, give us a rematch from what, 2011, 2012? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that, that that's my Super Bowl prediction. That's it. Gotcha. That ain't so, bad. Can't hate on that. I mean, neither one of those teams play this week, so I, I'm, I'm safe for at least this week. We'll, we'll <laughs> see what next week look like. But we'll sit down and do this again next week with results at hand, uh, some coach hirings, um, maybe some more firings. We'll see. Um, but until then, man, uh, good start to the year. A good start to the year. Oh, and shout out to Michigan. Michigan dominated. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah they yeah, college yeah. football championship against Washington. Um, Jim Harbaugh got him a title, and now he about to get the fuck up out of college football and get back to the NFL. <laughs> Look, that game was kind of interesting to me too, man. We're gonna have to holler at each other offline. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, until next week, man. Thank y'all. I'm in the lead, you boys not in my league If you listen close, I'm coaching, say key Cause the boy hella dope without pushing a Blanco Still stabbing bitches like 94 in the Bronco If it's about the money, I'm leaving them hoes pronto If I don't do nothing, I'm about Blanco Every time I do it, do it the coldest